Amen, amen, amen. Welcome, guys. Welcome to tonight's class. Tonight's class is how the benefits of holding your anger, causes of holding your anger. It's a phenomenal concept. There's a tremendous amount of benefits and tremendous amount, unfortunately, the other way too, with anger in Judaism. And Rav Nachman really, really speaks a lot about that. We're going to talk about what makes us angry, how to fix it, what we could do daily to fix it. And it's, it's a big deal to talk about. The Torah clearly says that the, if a person loses his anger constantly, of course everybody gets, loses his anger once in a while, but when it becomes chronic and all that, you can lose your wisdom, you can lose your wealth, you can lose your name, and unfortunately you can lose your family. So this is a, it's a very, very strong message on anger. And today we definitely want to get to the root of it and see how we can definitely work on it. Specifically why we chose this topic this week was the topic of, because this, the energy of the week is Gevura. Gevura represents the left in, in, Kabbalah, in Kabbalah, represents the left side. The left side represents strength, discipline, anger. The right side represents chesed, the opposite. So you could see this week, starting probably yesterday, the energy is a little tough. Whether you're Moroccan or not, you feel the energy. And the energy, you could see, there's like a di- different energy in the air. Obviously, these 49 days of the Omer, every single week has this particular characteristic we want to change. Because ultimately, what we want to get to, we want to get to the 49th day of Shavuot and be, get the same light of Passover we got on the same day. So working on your character is very, very important because according to, you work on your character, obviously, then you can fulfill your desires and everything. And the opposite too, too. We speak many times that sometimes, obviously, we're in a bad mood, and our mood, unfortunately, if we don't work on it, becomes our personality. So we want to prevent, you know, when somebody says you're an angry person, he's just an angry individual, that means he never worked on it. His mood became his personality. And this is where, you know, if you're not something you're not aware of, you can't fix something you're not aware of. So what are the causes, what are some of the benefits? Rabbi Nachman says a very, very, one of the Torahs that really, really changed my life. And he says... We have to understand the way Kabbalistically money comes. Money comes from the, from the north, it comes from gold, and it comes from the left. Rabbi Nachman says, when, it, when the Satan sees a flow of blessing is going to come upon a person, not just, remember, when we're talking about blessing, it could be a possible soulmate, it could be a blessing, it could be a job, it doesn't have to be specifically money. When we're referring to the word chef, we're, we're referring to opportunities, spiritual abundant. Coming down to a person, so that he might have money, he descends for him to get angry. So we could say, well, why would God make me get angry? Because ultimately in life, they're, they're, Hashem has to create a Yetzirah, and the Yetzirah, you have to get rewarded for what you get. So Ramachan says, right before you're going to get, sometimes you're going to get blessing in life, you're going to get tested with anger. And I think we, uh, we've seen that so many times, all of a sudden, chaos, and then you get great news afterwards. And this is, this, is, this is the way it is. Why? Specifically because money, anger come from the left side, which is the energy of the week this week. This is because the root which devolve anger and money come from the same place. Spiritually, money and anger come exactly from the same place spiritually. So that comes to tell us that we're not getting usually opportunities through love. It's usually through many tests and tribulations and difficult people in our lives. But if you hold it in, Rabbi Nachman says, you will merit great wealth. And there's one thing that causes a person to lose his anger, obviously. We're going to talk about that. And Rabbi Nachman refers to wealth, the word choman chema. It means a person's wall and anger have the same words. So those two words have the same words. So if a person can either have a, a, a wall Wall means he has the ability to control himself, or he has, anger breaks the wall. Anger breaks the wall. So anger is, a, anger is the one way to lose money. You lose money, you lose wisdom, you lose a lot of things. So specifically, you have to understand that it's not that I can just completely, completely, um, I'm going to get tested, no matter what area of my life, I'm going to get tested with anger. But it's not what you do right away. It's, it's the preparation before that's going to help you beat these, beat these challenges. Because when the challenge comes and you're not prepared for it, you're going to blow it. The, the Torah compares anger to idol worshiping. 
the Torah compares anger to a loss of faith. And it's one of the things that the Torah says, that when, he, when a person has angry, anger, he has the, he unfortunately, he evokes divine wrath. Divine wrath. So the opposite of, obviously, anger is love. But when a person has anger, he gets divine wrath. His enemies have the have ability to go over him. So just want to explain to you what the Torah says about it. Obviously, the immune system, everything else, medically, we already know that. The answers, but we're really here. We're, we're trying to. What, I'm, what I want to work on today is is really five strategies and five sigulot on how to work on how to fix this permanently, where we're able to have control of our lives. Other things that Rabbi Nachman says, he says, by breaking and overcoming your anger, you will draw the spirit of Mashiach in this world, and you'll be worthy of rich blessings and gaining people's respect. When you overcome your anger, you will succeed in overcoming your goals. The biggest, remember, every single time we have a goal in our lives, we have a vision, next thing you know we have to make a decision, and then we have to go through the process of things breaking, fixing, breaking, fixing, and you need a lot of patience to develop goals. You need a tremendous amount of patience. And this is one of the areas that we can get frustrated so quickly that that anger becomes something goes wrong, you get frustrated, you get angry, and the whole goal, you give up. This is today, we see a lot of people they know what to do, they know how to do it, but emotionally, they can't do it. You know, sometimes, you know, people say, you know, they get back into another relationship or dealing with difficult people. I tell, people say, I just don't have the head for it. I, I don't have the strength for it. Because clearly, when we say we don't have the strength for something, it's because sometimes we're giving that energy away. Because technically, nobody can really st- take your strength. Technically. Technically. But no, we're not, we're not superhuman beings. But technically, when we said we don't have the strength for this person, that means we're taking it personal, and they're taking away our energy. But if we didn't take it personal, David Lieberman once said a great line. David Lieberman happens to be one of my mentors. He says, if you want to save 25 years of therapy and never get angry again, he says, don't take things personal. He says, 25 years of therapy you could save. Just something happens, don't take it personal, you don't get angry. I hate to make it so simple. But David Lieberman has tremendous benefits from that. He wrote a great book called Never Get Angry Again. Other things Rabbi Nachman says, anger and unkindness arise when people's understanding is limited. Just like a two-year-old. Tell a two-year-old, I know, you have a, I know your toy broke, but look, at, look you have seven other toys in the, in, in the same room. What's the big deal about this toy? Did you see the seven rooms? So there's a connection between perspective and anger. You will always see people that get upset for little things. It's teaching you very low perspective. Rabbi Nachman is telling us. That means when you major in minor things, your perspective is off. It's teaching us that we need to work on our perspective. Our perspective is completely off. The deeper their understanding, the more their anger disappears. So now we speak about the consciousness that how to really be saved ultimately from, from constantly chronic anger is, is to elevate your consciousness. Because if you're living in that consciousness, you're going to eventually fail. I came up with more or less a formula that I've seen across the board that pretty much works. So the number one thing is fear. Fear, when a person has fear, it makes him want to control things. The more you try to control things, the more angry you're going to be. Correct? The more anger you're going to be, the more depressed you're going to be. Correct? Anger leads to depression. And depression leads to isolation, escape, etc. So remember, fear leads to control. As you see, when people have a lot of fear, they want to control things. You could see, sometimes when a person has fear of somebody cheating on them, what, what are they going to do? Or a partner cheating on them, control the person. They're going to control the person out of fear. Nobody else in a healthy relationship would want to control another person. They would give you space. A healthy relationship would say, I'm an individual, you're an individual, I'm going to give you space. But how can we have so many controlling people in our lives? And it's a big deal. You hear this all the time. My, my, my boyfriend's a control freak. He's so in control. It's a constant. Why would you want to control another person? Are you, are you paro? <laughs> I thought we got out of Egypt. But with the sense of control is not a healthy sign. Obviously, when I want to control something, it's teaching me that I'm holding on to too much fear. You understand? Governments love to control people, you know, obviously by putting fear in them. 
hypnotizing them, etc. It's, 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 it's a fear thing. And then after you, what happens when we lose control? You get angry. You get angry. So the minute you lose control, you get angry. That's why you yell at chairs when you trip on them. You say, stupid chair. The chair didn't do anything to you. You hit a parked car. The stupid car was in the, in the way. car was parked. You understand? <laughs> but the fact that you lose, your child doesn't listen to you. You scream, you scream at them. You understand? Anytime in your life where you're going to see, you lose control, it's going to trigger anger. You understand? So the more fear I have, the more I want to control, guaranteed it's going to lead to anger. You understand? It's not possible for a person that wants to control everything, such as a perfectionist. Perfectionist is very into making sure everything's perfect. Are perfectionists happy? No. Because one little thing goes the wrong way, the, the, the day's ruined. So ultimately, why? What does a perfectionist do? Control. They're rooted in things have to be perfect, control, etc. Understand? Which is rooted in what? Fear of not being good enough. So you can see the pattern. See the pattern here. We lose control, we get angry. We lose control, we get angry. We lose control, we get angry. And then obviously when you get angry and you don't know how to deal with it, here comes the depression. After depression comes isolation, etc. So that's the, that's, the, that's, that's the pattern. Okay? That's the one way. Or you could take another turn, which is... Trust. When a person trusts, what does he do? It's going to take action. Right? We know fear is very rooted in procrastination. I have to look good. It has to be perfect. People who have fear, they, oh, they, they either look for perfection or they look for procrastination because of the image that they want to put in the world. So if, what's the opposite? Making a choice. Making a decision. In order to make a decision, you have to trust. Correct? When I trust, I make a decision. So the more trust you have, the more likely you're going to make a decision. Once you make decisions, it's going to lead to growth. Because obviously you're going to learn on the way. You're going to eventually grow. Whether you win or you lose or you learn, you're going to learn eventually. It's, you're going in the right way. After you grow, what do you think comes after, 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 after you grow? Then you're going to start contributing, service, helping other people. After you help other people, now you have growth and giving. You have serotonin and dopamine, which lead to joy. So you can see trust will lead to joy. Fear will lead to, God forbid, depression. See the pattern? I just want to show you the, the two patterns. When our Torah is telling us, do not fear, and it's the most popular line in the Torah. It's because Torah is telling you where it can lead you to. Even Rabbi Nachman spoke about the concept of that. So now you know the pattern. Now you know the pattern. The right way or the second way. Okay? So why we always have to, why we have to always work on our consciousness is because at the end of the day, we're just attracting, we're attracting where we are. person that lives with trust, he makes a decision. If things don't go out perfectly, he says, I'll learn person that doesn't, has that fear, makes a decision, he makes the wrong decision, he's going he's gonna to put himself down, incriminate himself, bolster his self-esteem, etc. This is why it's very, very important where you, when, you, when you work on Bitachon, when you work on his Bodhidut, and you work on Shah, it's because what you're really doing is, is you're elevating your consciousness. And when you're getting to a higher place, you don't, you're not run by fear, paranoia, anxiety, etc., so let's talk about the first concept, control. Correct? Where is the root of this problem? Where is the root of, of a person wanting to control everything? Where is the root? Parshas Bereshit. When God created the world, we know Adam represents order. Adam represents humility. Adam represents the letter Aleph. Adam. Aleph, Dalet, Mem. Adam represents the numerical value 45. Chava's problem was... Eve came, she didn't like the fact that she has to listen. So she wanted to be in control. She says, I want to control. I will rule. So what happened, Chava represents disorder. She represents control in Kabbalistic teachings. 
So what happened? Chava is numerical value 19. So now we have 45 minus 19. So we either were in a state of Adam, which represents the earth, which represents humility, which represents... Chava represents disorder, control, etc. So what is 19? 20, 45 minus 19. It's missing the numerical value of 26, which is God's name. So what happens is when we try to control something, we're edging God out. People say all the time in recovery, ego edges God out. Because what are you doing? When you're controlling, you're, you, don't, you, want, you don't like the way things are going, I'm going to make it my way. This is the root, Rav Nachman says, this is the root of chaos in a person's life. The root of, of chaos in a person's life is a person wanting to control everything. People in recovery, they want to control the way they think. People want to control other people. People want to control businesses. People want to control things by worrying. People, this is all a form of control. If you let go, it's not control. Let go is trust. But you could see the concept of, of controlling is a concept. And the more you try to control, the more things will be out of order in your life. What's the solution for this first issue of control? Is to connect to the name Chochmah, which is Koachmah. Ma represents, or Koachmah represents Chochmah, or the word Makshava is a thought in Hebrew. Chashuvma, return to Ma, return to humility. So how, practically what do I do there? I have to catch myself where I'm trying to control the outcome of things. And then I have to go back to humility. Once you go back to humility, Rabbi Nachman says, things will go back to order for you. When you give up control, things will go up in your control. When things, you're trying to take control, things are going to go out of control. You see that? <laughs> Pretty much the formula in life. The more I look to take control, the less likely things will go on for me. Because what happens is once you start in that pattern of taking control, it doesn't end. It doesn't end. It, doesn't, it never ends. The more you give up control, the more your creator comes into your life. So think about a situation in your life where you're trying to control the outcome too much. It could be with prayer. Praying and controlling whether you got answered or not. Watching a scoreboard. It's a form of control. Or, you know, taking something, thinking about something and, or being in pain and not wanting to feel. It's a control. Taking a substance to control how you think, how you feel. It's a control. This is why the, the penalty is chaos. The penalty for, ca- for control is absolute chaos, Rav Nachman says. So when a person says, Rav Nachman says, when a person sees that he's in complete chaos in his life, what should he do? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Go back to the ground, go back to Ma. And this is why it's declared that part of the curse was going into the mikvah. A woman has, she's in Nida, she goes to the mikvah, because once she goes into the mikvah, she goes back to humility, then she, she gives up control, she goes back to the man. This is this concept. So, think about number one. You want to stop getting angry so much? Stop trying to control things. Not possible to save. If your person's constantly wanting to control things, he's not going to have, he's not going to be able to, every little thing, any little thing off of his control, it's finished. So let go of control and let God in your life. You'll be much happier. You'll be much healthier. You won't, you'll wake up like a human being instead of what's going on with this? What's going on with that? What's going on with that? And you'll see at the end of the day where it's going to lead to. And that's, that's rooted, remember, in fear. Second concept. So remember, the, the segula for that is koachma, which is humility. Bring back the 26 and go back to order. So when you see things are chaotic... It's because you took the 26 out. What you need to do, 26 represents God's name of Yudke Vavke. What you need to do is put God back in your life. Put God back in your life. That could be in a practical way of not worrying. It could be in a practical way of trusting. That's another way. When, I'm not, when, I'm not, when I trust God, I'm not controlling. Charity is a form of that way. Anytime chaos is teaching us a lesson, it's teaching us that we're trying to work too hard or we're, over, we're overdoing it. It's not, there's a reason why we get chaos in our lives. Anytime I go into chaos, stop, I see where this is going, and I look to the area of my life where I'm trying to control too much of an event. And then I realize, okay, I, I see where I went wrong, go back to humility, meditate on the name of humility, let go, release, 
And then you'll see automatically, you'll automatically feel better. And you will not need to control things. You understand? Second concept about anger is obviously accumulated stress. Accumulated things in our life. What happens is things happen in our life and if we don't let them go, they stay with us. And 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 they stay with us. So what happens is, the world, we are, the world is teaching you exactly what you're holding. So if something sets you off in another person, it's because you're holding that same thing inside. Understand? Whatever I'm holding inside, I'm just set off by other people. People say, the world is stressed. The world is making me stressed. No, I'm stressed inside. The world is just triggering me. There's a big difference. The, this person is not stressful. I'm stressed. And this person is just triggering me how I feel. See, it's, a, it's an unbelievable concept. You know why it's so important about this concept? Because you, you don't become a victim. You recognize it's, it's you're holding the things in. Because we know when we're not holding things in, we don't get triggered the same way. But when we're holding accumulation of things, what happens? We get just triggered by people. And we say, they made me angry. So it's not possible, again... It's not possible to holding so much, so much things and building that resentment and building all those situations in our lives and, and never letting go. You know, a person that, you know, got, unfortunately, his partner, uh, something happened with his partner or he feels resentment towards his creator. That resentment, if that's not let go and, you're, and you let it go, then all of a sudden you're going to get triggered and you're going to get angry very easily. You know, a guy, you know, a guy's getting angry at a, a guy to put the wrong mocha venti, put a, a cappuccino instead of a venti, a latte. I don't know what the heck the name is. You know, if you're, if you're getting knocked out by a, by a venti cappuccino at 9.30 in the morning, you need a lot of his bodhidut. It's teaching us, if I'm getting, what it's teaching me in my life is how quickly I'm getting, how quickly I'm getting triggered in anger, anger, it's teaching me how much work I need to do. You understand? The guy that gets triggered very easily, it's, that guy has a lot of built up, built up reservoir. Built up. Come to my detox one day and you'll see what I'm talking about. If the muffins are not the right chocolate chip, vanilla, this. One, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. The perspective is very low when you're holding that much pressure. And you'll just see pressure cookers go off. Because what happens now, we have to feel. Before, we didn't have to feel. Now we have to feel. And what do you think I'm going to do when I have to feel now? Boom. It's there. That energy is there. All it takes is a couple things to go. A little dozen money things. Coca-Cola. Not crazy things that you figure. Because people are in a lot of pain. And they don't, they don't let go. This is exactly what we're supposed to do every single morning. Just have, like we say all the time, you need a ritual to let go. Let go. Let go. Somebody insulted you. Let it go. This happened, let it go, let it go. But the more we carry these things, the more we don't let go, the easier we become triggered and angered. The less opportunities come to us. Understand? If you have a system, if you have a system I, we, we recommended Wim Hof breathing, we recommended his Dude, we recommended exercise. You need, you need something to take that energy out. It's too much energy today not to have, a, not to have somewhere to... To, to relief. You need relief, obviously. Somewhere that energy has to, if not, it's going to be built up, and then boom, it's just going to get, it's going to get thrown off of somebody. So that's the second thing. How much are you holding? How much are you holding is going to depend on how angry you're going to be. If you're holding a lot, you will get triggered, and you'll see how easily you get angered on that. So the solution for that is a meditation of Forgiving, letting go, resentment, all these issues. We just have to let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Why? Because it blocks our higher con- it blocks blessings from coming to us. I just told you that money's gonna come to you, but it's gonna come to you through a test. What happens if you're not ready for that test? What do we do? What happens? We're gonna fail. And then the opportunities come and more opportunities. Come. And what happens? If we just told you, money's not coming from the right. Money comes from the left. Nachman's telling you black and white, money's not coming from the right. There's no stimulus packages in heaven. You understand? I don't know what's going on here. Free money concept. This is not the, like, uh, 
No free money. You have to work. And you, you know, it's a real world. No free money. In heaven, you have to earn it. You have to earn the light. It doesn't give you, you, we earn the light by taking darkness into light. We don't get free light. So unfortunately, we're going to get tested with money. We're going to get tested with anything. And right before, you need to understand, right before that blessing is going to come, you're going to get tested with, with anger. Nachman says that black and white. That's the rules. So you have to recognize, if I'm going to get a blessing, I better be able to hold off my anger. And you will see, the more aware you are of this, you will see how the stupidest things you got angry about. People tell you, we're fighting, what are you fighting about? You'll hear the, the stupidest things. He didn't put the toilet seat. I mean, the, you see the craziest things that get, get people angry about. And it usually happens. It's not because of the tortilla or the toilet seat or the this or the that. It's because I'm holding already so much that that person just triggered me. So remember, this person can't make you angry. I'm angry. I'm just getting triggered. Right? We see the more we hold in, whoever's married or not, whoever's in a relationship, obviously. When you're in that mode, you know, you, you move, you, you put the chair the wrong way, forget it. It's like the, great, the biggest catastrophe. Little things become like the craziest things. You didn't pick up the kids? Oh my God. Like you bombed Al-Qaeda. Okay, I forgot to do this. You understand? You see the crazy, and people just go crazy over these, they make little things into like, like you're in an episode of 24 or something. Okay, I forgot. But when you're holding that resentment, those little things, you see, you don't do it because you don't care about me. You don't care about me. You don't think about yourself. I just forgot to pick up the thing. That's all I did. You that is not coming from a reaction of anger. Like, like our sages say, when there's love in the house, people can be next to each other. But you can be in a huge mansion. When there's love in the house, believe me, you're going to hear everything. We've all, we've all been there. But at least you recognize it's a time to forgive. It's a time to... To restart. Resentment is definitely the number one marriage killer today. I, I, I see it across the board. It's because we don't let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. You can't let go if you're angry yourself also. So that's the second one. The solution is obviously let it go. This is a phenomenal book. This is a must, a must have for everybody. David Hawkins, Let It Go. It talks about every single emotion you have. And it talks about Emotions, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, down your, on steroids. It's one of the greatest books you can buy. It's just, it's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Because it teaches you where you are. And then, if you are, you can change it. We're not all over the place. And the areas, there areas that, in times that we are more frustrated, okay, we know why we're frustrated, and we fix it, and then we get into a better state. That's the key. The key is, the key is not to, we're all going to occasionally fall, but the key is really the recovery. We want to focus on the recovery. We want to make it a chronic thing. We want to make it an occasional thing. If it's an occasional thing, you get back up very quickly. But it becomes a chronic thing. Then, obviously, you're really, really, really storing that, that kind of emotion. You could just see on the energy level, when a person is on an energy level of, for example, anger, which is 150, right? Negative 150. When he gets to an energy of love, gets to an energy of 500. It's a different, you have a different energy about you. You know, you, we are energy. All we are is energy. The person comes into the room, you feel his energy, or first of all, the other way too. You don't have to say anything to solve a guy's angry. You could feel it. Because everything is energy. Everything's energy. And w- this is why people take substances. Specifically, there's a connection between the liver, which is rooted, the emotion of the liver is anger. Right? And alcohol. And alcoholics usually have a, an anger problem. It's a very big connection. Suppressed anger, etc. So you, you know that when they, take a, when they take a drink, they feel love. So they get to 500 without working for it. That's it. I'm at negative 150. I take a drink. All of a sudden, I feel love. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> but obviously, it's not earned. So that's the root of addictions. The root of addictions is going from a lower consciousness to a higher consciousness, Really quick, without having to bittle, surrender his bodhidud, all of this stuff. It just takes you up in five, ten minutes. But then obviously you recognize that you're getting something for free. You're getting something without earning it. So then it backfires on you also, unfortunately. This is why wine, 
on Passover, why would we drink wine? Because wine gives you that. It, lower, it gets rid of the lower levels of consciousness. It raises your consciousness. Wine gives you that. But if, it's, if the wine is used inappropriately, it brings you gevura, it brings you judgment. You understand? So either you can have elevation and expansion of mind, or the same thing if the wine is not properly used at the wrong time, every single holiday we're drinking wine. Every single, every single holiday, every single, there's a tremendous amount of elevation through wine, because it, it opens up your mind. It gets you into a higher consciousness in Passover. We're drinking wine, we felt free, right? We felt free of all the limitations we were going through. Nobody's thinking, and nobody's having anxiety in the Seder when they're drinking four glasses of wine. Everybody's feeling free, I'm free. We're talking about the trauma, we're talking about, we're free. But then obviously you woke up the next morning, okay, that's not, that feeling's not there anymore. Now I have to go earn that same feeling I had. That's where the 49 levels and 49 days and, 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 and patience, etc. So the second thing is obviously letting go. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta really, really recognize an indication that you're getting triggered very easily is if people bother you very quickly. And it'll tell you right away, you're holding way too much stuff. You have to, you have to surrender, not them changing. You have to surrender. Because it's you that's getting triggered. Because when you're in a good mood, nobody's triggering you. Somebody can call you the worst things in the world. When you're in a good mood, nobody will trigger you. You will know, what will you say? They're angry, it has nothing to do with me. But when you're not in a good mood, what are you going to say? That person made me angry. My boyfriend made me angry. This person made me angry. You understand? It was the opposite. You understand? When you're in a good mood, you recognize what state they're in. But when you're not in a good mood, look what happened to me. See, that's how you see it's, it's an unbelievable concept. So when you stop blaming people, you know you're feeling better. You've done work. When you're blaming people, that means you're holding the same thing. That's an indication. Blame is an indication of, remember, that somebody else, you're holding a lot of stuff. Because you would never blame somebody in a million years if you know it's got nothing to do with you how somebody treats you. Very important concept. And you could check yourself. Because when we're frustrated, what do you do? This guy's fault. It's that guy's fault. That guy's fault. Understand? We don't want to take responsibility. We don't want to take responsibility. We want to just blame somebody because it's easy. But we don't take responsibility. And we don't recognize what we're fixing. This is exactly why the Baal Shem Tov tells us that whatever something you, you see in something, you, you, somebody you don't like, and they, they upset you, it's because you're holding it in exactly. You're holding in, they're just knocking exactly what they're holding. So that's the second thing. Three, expectations. 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 That's, that's another major cause of anger today, is expectations. Frustrations, we're walking around with this. Expectations a lot of expectations, and expectations that are not being felt, unfortunately, they turn into resentment. How do, you, how do you fix that? Walk around with appreciation. I know it sounds a little corny. Okay, appreciate instead of expect. I understand. I get it. But the same concept again. When I'm feeling good about myself, I'm not, I don't need a hundred desires. You understand? When I'm in a good state, I don't need three cheesecakes to, to not make me think anymore. I'm already in a good high. But when I'm not feeling good, walking around with expectations. So expectations turn into resentment. This is why our sages say, when a person prays and he's waiting for his prayer to be answered, it's going to, not, it's not going to work, but it's going to turn outwards. He's going to have long-hearted. He's going to be emotionally very, very heavy. This is how we know when we have prayer, anything you do where it becomes heavy, it's because it's, you, you've had an expectation there that's not being fulfilled. So one, obviously our expectations, we have to turn them into appreciation. And I'll tell you something. It's funny how when you're in a great, great state and you're in a grateful state, things just come to you without even working for it. It just comes to you. Why, you don't know what happened to me. I got this. Because you're, when you're in a higher state, you, you attract better things. You attract better people. Isn't that amazing? So really, you don't have to do much. You don't have to expect anything. You just have to put yourself in a position to receive. You're attracting. You have to put, you're a magnet. What do you want to attract? And just, you'll attract it. 
the same thing, unfortunately, the other way too. So expectations is one way to attract, obviously, because remember, when you wake up with too much expectations, you're showing heaven that there's a lack. That there's a lack. You understand? You're waking up with a lack. It's not, it's not happy, it's not joy, it's lack. When I'm waking up with lack, I'm waking up with discontent. You understand? So that eventually becomes a pattern of pattern. So what you have to do is you have to walk around feeling abundant. I had a class today on, on trust. How I gave seven to eight sources. How even our sages expect us to celebrate in advance. You have a situation, something you want in your life? Celebrate in advance. Celebrate in advance. Why? Because I want to show heaven. I don't want to show heaven my vision board. I want to show heaven my gratitude board. And if I show heaven all my gratitude, what's going to happen? I'm showing abundance. More things are going to come that are good for me. But when I'm working on lack, walking around too much expectations, eventually I'm going to get disappointed. That's number three. Turn expectations into appreciation. Number one. Number three. Number four, perspective. Like we said before. When we get angry very quickly, it's because our perspective is shattered. Like we told the two-year-old. Tell the two-year-old, stop crying. Don't you see what you have? Don't you see a house? Are you paying a mortgage? Tell, the three, tell your three-year-old daughter, are you paying a mortgage? Did you pay your car payment today? Did you have the insurance? Did you pay? You're just living for free and eating and sleeping. <laughs> tell the three-year-old that she should be happy. But the three-year-old's perspective is, ah! Believe me, I, I have two three-and-a-halves and a two-and-a-half. Something doesn't go their way, that's it, it's finished. It's finished, that's it. <laughs> if it doesn't go their way, scream. But there's a lot of big babies out there, aren't they? There's a lot of big babies out there, correct? Big babies. Something doesn't go your way, scream just like a baby. And the difference is a child's perspective is you, you can't really tell a baby this is a two-year-old, three-year-old brain. What do they know about, okay, think about it, respond, don't react. It's a baby. But unfortunately, you have to tell it to, to, to adults also. They haven't, they haven't really fixed that. So how quickly we get, sometimes if we, you know, we get that constant, constant upset very quickly, its perspective is off. You know, unfortunately, sometimes we hear bad news, sometimes our perspective changes. Oh, thank God I'm healthy. Thank God of this. You could see, when you, why, do, why do all of a sudden, you know, imagine a guy, all of a sudden, he gets, he's driving on the road, he almost gets into a car accident, he gets saved by the grace of God. Does he, does he throw a party celebrating it? Does he, is, he, is he throwing a gratitude party? Isn't, oh, thank God, He missed. But if this same guy would have gone into the car accident, broke his foot, broke his leg, etc., and he got healed three months later, this guy's praising God and throwing a big party. How come? Does that make any sense to you? Imagine in Florida, no hurricane comes, we get saved. People just forget about it. Quickly, oh, didn't come, thank God. But when it comes and the thing breaks and the whole place is in chaos... And people are lucky just to get water. Oh, thank God I got water. And nothing, before, nothing happened to your house. You have water, you have air conditioning, you have everything. Nothing happened. But this time, because your perspective changed. See the difference? This guy with the car accident, his perspective changed. Like, I'm lucky I'm, I'm, I'm alive. I'm lucky I'm saved. The other guy says, ah. Oh. It doesn't make sense. One guy didn't go through any headache. No headache, no problems, nothing. He should be celebrating ten times more. No? Because we have a perspective that everything's owed to us. We have everything's owed to me. We walk around with entitlements and we, we believe it's a human condition. It's a human condition. This is why our sages constantly tell us, thank Hashem, thank Hashem. Why is they telling you thank Hashem all the time? Why? Because you could see how easily we forget. How come the guy with the car accident is throwing a huge party? Nothing happened to him. He should, have, he should have thrown double the party. But he just forgets. Because nothing happened. His perspective changed. Once he got into the car accident, his perspective changed completely. So it teaches us that if we don't, if we don't have a form of gratitude, our perspective just 
quickly. And I see it in my, we see it in ourselves. We just be, have to be, just become aware. I think the Torah and our Creator is just, he's not, he's not asking you for perfection. But he's asking you to become aware of what you're thinking. Be aware. Don't be an ungrateful person walking around. Everything's out to you. This is not, one thing goes wrong, you throw a fit. I mean, he's asking you to really look into your life and, and, and show gratitude. And this is why studies are showing that people that are grateful, they're 25% happier. Because it's the first thing they focus on in the morning. It's not an easy thing. Reb Nachman said that happiness, joy, is the hardest thing to achieve. The hardest thing. It's harder, the hardest thing to achieve. Why? Because you have a Yitzhahara. You have an ego, you have a Yitzhahara, and you're constantly triggered all day long. And you have to fight for what you want. It's not, I don't say joy comes to you. You have to fight for joy. By, by being aware, by noticing, by having good rituals. It's not, it's not coming to you. But you can clearly see perspective has to be widened. If the perspective is widened, gratitude flows. Perspective is shortened, anger begins. And, 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 and in the Yetzirah, the ego, it does one thing, locks your perspective. How many times did we go through a challenge and we said, wow, if it wasn't for this challenge, I would be so much better. But at the time of the challenge, you were completely blind to it, weren't you? Yeah, you were like, what's going on here? Because at that time, you weren't in a, you weren't in a, a mode to receive this light. So you had to go through troubles. This is why also why we suffer too. Another reason why we suffer, so we can relate to other people. We can, we can, we can join them in their suffering. Because otherwise you would not know what your friend feels like if you don't have a problem. doesn't mean you're less of a You have to suffer sometimes in life. So you, you can relate to people. Otherwise you'd be, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. How could you be in pain? You have to know what they're in pain. I know why you're in pain. I feel. I've been there. It makes you a better person. So that's the positive side to suffering. You change your per- Suffering changes your perspective. You know, people that go through a divorce. I went through a divorce. They go through a second marriage. They know. <laughs> Become a giver. Drop the expectation. It's not easy. They, they have a certain perspective that Cinderella Louboutins are not going to show up on the... On the, on the door every minute. I mean, they know reality comes. There's a package and I have to really choose what's going to go. But they know. They know. Believe me. When you've been divorced, it really, really makes you check your perspective. You're less judgmental. You're less likely to judge people. It, it humbles you. It humbles the you know what out of you. Because it, you know what it is. You know that there's no, you know, Postcard, happy, perfect marriage. You know, you, you've been through hell, so you can relate to it. You, you can relate to it, unfortunately. So that's the, remember. Remember the advantages of pain and remember the advantages of suffering. There's not all negative. You get a new perspective. Rabbi Nachman says, how do you know you came out of a challenge the right way or not? Is if you come out of it, you have a different perspective. If you went through a challenge... And you came out of that challenge a different person, that means you handled it well. That means you handled that challenge well. If you can't, went through a challenge and you became a bitter or miserable person, you didn't get the lesson from that challenge. That's how you know. Because the purpose of suffering is to widen perspective. Pain is to widen perspective. And once you widen perspective, you're going to be more successful. <laughs> Guaranteed. You understand? The whole point is that the pain and the suffering enlarges my vessel, so I, all of a sudden, I can, I'm more realistic. person that goes through a divorce, they go through a second marriage, they know what went wrong, they know what didn't run wrong. They know not to be a, a nitpicker over every little thing. They know let, to let things go. You understand? So they're going to have a better chance of having, if they handle that situation well, a much better marriage, because they're, they're already raw. They have, uh, they're already raw. They've already been there. They have callus on their hands. But if they did, if you don't learn the message, then, then suffering was not well for you. It didn't go well for you. That's, that's the number one challenge. Every single, every single challenge that your Creator gives you 
is ultimately to widen your perspective. This is exactly why, if anybody prays Amidah, whoever prays Amidah, before we even talk about give me health, give me money, give me anything, give me dot. Because I don't have dots. What is, imagine giving a guy with no dots money. Oh, he's going to lose it. Give a multi-billionaire $10 million, he knows how to invest it. Give a guy who's never had $10 million $10 million, he's going to lose it. <laughs> Very simple. Because one guy knows what he's doing. Another guy, he's, oh my God, $10 million, he's going to spend it in one day, he's going to go crazy and he's going to lose it. Because he has no dot. You understand? So let's take a, a, a different view of suffering and, and, and situations. We have to look at that as any challenge you're going through. It's to widen your perspective, to, have, to give you a bigger vessel, which ultimately will lead you to more success. It's the famous formula in life, right? Failure gives you experience, and experience gives you success. Join the, this is the pattern. The vessel has to break. Once the vessel breaks, a new one is built, and that new one is better, bigger than the one that was previously had. And this is where you need the big Imuna word. The more Imuna you have, the less likely you're going to get angry because you're going to know that this is a process. You'll even thank Hashem for it. You'll even thank Hashem for your divorce. You'll even thank Hashem for the, for the headache. You'll even thank Him. Because if you recognize what a different perspective is, it's everything. My perspective is everything. My perspective is everything. But if I had that same perspective, if I went through the challenge and I walk around with the same exact perspective, I did not learn from the challenge. The challenge did nothing for me. Why? Because I didn't see it happening for me. I, I became a victim to that challenge. And this is, it's a, it's a litmus test. This is exactly how you know. This is why today we pray that our children become resilient. Resilience is the new word for faith. That's the new word for faith. Because you're going to go through, you're going to have tremendous amount of resilience today. Rabbi Nachman says, if, you don't, if you're not strong today, back then he said it, before all the governors and all that, you're not going to make it. He says the only way a person can hold on to his faith is he has to have holy boldness. He has to, have, he has to be like a spiritual animal, like tremendously empowering, constantly, constantly empowering yourself. Not intelligence. Tremendous strength you need to, to make it. Because your intelligence will not take you that far. Your faith will. Your religion sometimes won't take you that far. But your Muna will. You can have, I know a lot of people, very religious, but no faith. You understand? They're missing the batteries in the, in the car. <laughs> Many religious people. Doesn't mean you need to work on faith. This is exactly what the message. So that's another thing. The ability to have faith in a challenge, knowing that after every challenge, I get a new perspective. I you get a new perspective, then all of a sudden, I know what to do. That ultimately gives me a bigger vessel. I'm not, I don't get angry, I start loving. I love the process. That's how you know you're growing. So remember, let's recap. Number one, give up control. The only reason why you're controlling so much is because you're, too, you're, you're, you're living on fear. It's the only reason why you would want to control. Otherwise, you would say, God's in control. Number two, you have to, if you recognize, if you're getting triggered easily in life, it's because you're holding on to too much stress. It's a reservoir of stress, and you have to find a way to, to let it go through exercise, through meditation, through Tomer Devora, through mercy, whatever you, whatever you got to do. But you have to let it out. Forgiveness, all of these things, you have to let it go. You have to let it go. Forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. Sometimes you have to, again, we, all, we spoke about many times, according to Edith Ager, she has a great book on the opposite of depression is expression. Express it out. Don't hold it in. Express it. Express it out. The opposite of depression is expression. If you took your issues in life and you expressed them to your creator or you expressed them to your friend, they're not inside anymore. That's it. Express them. Cast your burden onto your creator. When a person's in trouble, you should turn on to a friend. Or express it to your therapist. Somebody, express it to somebody. But for all you can, do not keep it in. Because the more you keep it in, 
the harder it is for you to recover eventually from anger, etc. Number three, focus on feeling abundant in the morning and not walking out, waking up with things that are not there. That means when you, when you vibrate in a constancy of abundance, you attract more. That's why the hardest thing to see today, if you recognize the pattern, is to make the unconscious conscious. If we are not conscious in our lives, if we're not aware, if we're not focused on what we're doing, we're not aware, you're automatically going to go into your default provision. You understand? You're automatically going to go into your default. If, when you're not aware of something, when you're not focused, people disassociate to the, to the, the grief, to fear, to disassociate. Whatever you are, wherever you're living, you're going to go to that default provision. And then we grab the phone, we check out, and we constantly further. So what we have to do is we have to be aware. So that's why meditation is so great, prayer is so great, breathing is so great. All of these things take you out of this, get you, make that mesh between the subconscious and the conscious. And then change really begins. Number four, perspective. Widen your perspective. Very important. Widen your perspective. When you have a wide perspective, you become more humble. And you become more humble, you become more happy. Low perspective, what happens? Very small perspective, we become more angrier and upset. And what happens, remember, what happens when we're living too much in these things, in these emotions, in these negative emotions, what happens? What do you think is going to also go? Self-esteem. Self-esteem is going to go. You understand? Because if I feel I can't control how I think, I can't wake up in the morning and, 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 and have any control of my day, it's, it's, very, it's very, very tough to live like that. You won't even, even try it. So this is why when you increase that, self-esteem goes with it. And the, la- the last is patience and amuna. Recognizing that I'm going to go through tests and all that, I have to have the patience. This is exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu, he wanted to get it to Eretz Yisrael because he wanted to get to the concept of patience. He, ha- he knew that Moshe Rabbeinu has, remember, think about what happened with Moshe Rabbeinu. He was so frustrated with them when they asked him, what are we going to drink? You fools, you rebels! And he lost Eretz Yisrael for that one line. Now you think if you, Moshe Rabbeinu was in a good, he would, have, he would have lost his anger so quickly? He was frustrated with them. Built up frustrated, complaining about the melons, complaining about this, complaining about So much frustration that he got triggered off. But when you can control your anger, you're going to merit, like Rabbi Nachman says, you're going to merit to succeed in bringing people, helping people. You're going to merit wealth. You're going to merit deep understanding. You're going to merit wisdom. You're going to merit happiness, joy. There's tremendous advantages of doing of, of these exercises. So my Shem help us all that we should cool off specifically this week. Figure out what, 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 what works for you and really work on it. And I believe me, anger is something I really, really work on and I go very deep into it to try to help as many people. And I think it definitely can help us all. All right, guys, have a great day.